Hey guys, welcome to the Drone Horizon podcast. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Daryl Walker. Daryl, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Daryl Walker and I'm an adventure and uh, automotive photographer from the northeast of England. Cool. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. Um, you've sent over three pictures, as we always ask you to. Um, we'll start off with uh, the one that's labelled Borgang Cliff. So do you want to talk us through this shot? It's a fantastic shot. Yeah, so um, this is in the Faroe Islands, if anyone didn't know. Um, it's on Kalsoy Island, uh, which is quite a popular island that everyone goes to um, to get the little shot of the lighthouse. And this is actually like away from the lighthouse. It's a, it's quite a steep height, though. Um, it's pretty much vertical <laughs> to get to that point. There's no path either, so you just kind of make your way to the top. Um, we went there. This was August 2019. Uh, me and my friend James went there and it was, uh, we're hoping for like nice moody conditions, but it was bright blue skies and not, not what you want, but, um, you know, it was like that all week. So we just went with just open minds and, uh, I wasn't expecting to get anything good. And this, this shot kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, and as you can see that you can see James on the cliff there and it's, uh, it's about 550 meters into the ocean from there. So um, he's not, although it does look like he's right on the edge, he's not actually on the edge. Uh, it's just the, the perspective that the drone's got, um, but it's, it's such a cool spot. And you've got all the little, if you can, if you can see on the image, you've got all the little um, fulmars flying around as well. So they add a, a cool little perspective to the image as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not, a, it's, I first had thought, um, sorry, I thought at first that it was Iceland because it looks kind of sort of that kind of landscape. Um, I mean, I've never seen a shot like this. And as you say, it looks like your friend is standing right on the edge. And when I saw the sheer drop down the side, I did think it's a little bit of a, a danger shot, but obviously it's definitely worth it. I mean, it, it helps to give a perspective to the mountain as well as the birds do um, to sort of how sheer that drop is. And it's a really nice picture because you've managed to get the mountains in the back um, exposed as well. So you've got like a really nice contrast on one side between the dark of the cliff and the green of the land. And then in the back as well, you've sort of managed to fill that background as well. Was this multiple pictures that you've stitched together or is this just sort of one shot? Uh, yeah, this was a, a three shot panel. Um, I think I did it uh, automatically in the, the Mavic 2 and yeah, it came out, came out quite good. Uh, as you see, The sun's kind of like up on the top right of the image. Um, as you can see with the shadows. So I, like I say, I wasn't expecting anything half decent to come out of this shot, but while you're out there, you might as well just have a go and, and just see what you see what you can come back with. And, and it's, it's crazy what you can come back in, in the edits and actually pull out of an image. Yeah, definitely. And I think with some shots as well, it's, it's all about trial and error. I mean, whilst you were there and you've got this fantastic rock and, you know, this, it may not be as sort of dark and moody as you probably intended, but with the sunlight, you know, it still makes for a great picture. And it, there seems to be a sort of reoccurring thing that I've found as I've been doing this podcast is that a lot of the shots that people have sent in as some of their favourites are ones that they maybe didn't intend to take. So they were ones that they sort of, in the situation, they were like, oh, well, we'll just give it a go. We're not expecting anything good out of it. And it ends up being better than maybe where you were in heading, um, where you were, intending to head sort of in the first place so you know it's sometimes the the best pictures can come out of out of nowhere yeah definitely and as i said it was like it was bright blue sky so when we turned up at Kalsai island which i think we got there about 10 o'clock in the in the day 
uh, we're both just kind of deflated because we thought we're never going to get any good images here. But um, it, I, had, I had seen this shot before, so I knew that there was actually an image to take there, um, albeit slightly everyone takes it further, like on top of the cliff with the cliff going towards a mountain. Um, so I knew there's something there. I just had to try and like get the drone into a position to, to actually take a, a decent shot. And I knew that would be to, to work with in Lightroom. Definitely. So how how steep is the hike on the other side of that mountain? Because obviously from, from the bit that we can see, it looks pretty sheer on on both sides. So is it sort of the same on, on the other side of where your friend's standing? Yeah, so if you if you look at the peak, um, you kind of like drive through the mountain in a tunnel. So you kind of come out at the bottom of the peak. Um, it's probably about 200 metres maybe above sea level up there. Um, and then you hike up from the village to a little plateau, which is about, I would say, maybe 350 metres. Um, and then hiking up there, it's just another 200 metres. It doesn't take too long because it's, as I say, it's pretty much vertical. Um, and as we were coming up on the top there, there was some uh, younger um, families of birds that actually were swooping to attack with because um, there's a lot of like nests on the cliffs and stuff. So we just had to be careful not to uh, sort of intrude on their, their territory. And yeah, um, and that mountain in the distance, I think that's 750 metres high at the, the peak. So it's quite a cool little leading line from the cliffs up and up to the peak. Yeah, definitely. How did you find the birds were with your drone around? Did you find that the birds were swooping for your drone or did they tend to sort of steer clear? Um, normally, like, you normally find that they do swoop with the drone. Um, but in this instance, they weren't really too fussed about it. Um, they just they were just happily flying around the cliffs. Um, and I, I kind of didn't keep the drone stationary. So um, that kind of helped, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So, sort of moving on to your second shot, which is down as Crater's Top. Do you want to um, do you want to talk about that one for us? Yeah. So this was also 2019. Um, it was a couple of weeks before the Faroe Island shot. Um, I went to Iceland, chasing the the midnight sun, um, and I kind of, kind of left all the plan to one of my friends. He he's quite a a nerd in terms of like planning locations and stuff, and he, he loves loves hunting on Google Maps. So. He found this spot, um, so I, I just went there with you know no expectations of what to get, and it it became quite a, like a popular shot in 2019. There's quite a lot of Instagrammers getting this shot, um, but I had I never seen anyone do a top down, so I thought I'd try and do a top down, um, but it was actually quite difficult to get because the craters are so huge. So what I ended up doing was uh, a series of sort of like multiple exposures, just flying along in a, like a, a rectangle as you, as you like. Um, so I think this was about maybe 12 panel top-down images stitched together. Um, and you can kind of, if you look on the image as well on the bottom left, there's like a, a little road and there's a car. You can kind of get a sense of, scale. I say it's a car, it's just like a tiny dot, um, but you get, get a kind of sense of scale of those little craters. And out there it's quite it's quite barren. There's, there's not really that much color, but the little red of the rocks kind of pops out. Um, and then it's just like a, a black, it's sort of like a desolate landscape out there, but it's quite cool. It's in the middle of the highlands of Iceland. Um, so you don't get really many people going there. Uh, you know, like the, the popular hotspots on the South coast. So it was quite cool to go somewhere new um, in Iceland and, and come away with that crazy image. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got some, I mean, you mentioned the red, the, it really does make the image pop because otherwise it's it. 
you know, I think when we see sort of the traditional shots of Iceland, they're very sort of dark and moody and it's very sort of greys and blacks, that kind of thing. So it is nice to see sort of that red popping through. Um, you mentioned about the road as well. When you sent the image over, I, I saw the van down in, or the van or the car down in the bottom corner. And it does look a hell of a long way up that drone. I mean, now that obviously you say it was sort of multiple panoramas stitched together, that makes sense. But obviously, to, to get a drone, <laughs> it looks like a helicopter shot from that kind of height. Yeah, yeah. I kind of remember how high it actually was. Um, but as I say, it's like in the middle of nowhere. So you're not intending to like, you know, crash into things and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like all my friends were getting like the traditional shot just straight on with the two, two creators looking out to the landscape and I showed them this top down they were like mind blown <laughs> um, and this was I think we took these we went to this crater twice we went to Landmannalauga which is further on from this road which is a cool like um, lava um, field uh, you will have seen that one as well it's probably like a it's a very colourful like blues oranges reds landscape with like a little river leading through it um, so we went there first time but it was really early in the morning it was about two o'clock in the morning so it was still kind of like although the sun was out being you know midnight sun it was still very blue um so the images are very like dark and a blue hour kind of images um so i went to land manalauga and then came back and we, we shot this place again so i'm glad that i actually like took the time to come back and realize that the images first time didn't work yeah definitely i mean obviously you were saying that this was probably very different shots to the ones that your friends were getting at the time. I mean, that's one of the great things about drones is that you have that ability to change the perspective of a picture entirely. I mean, you think with, with one drone whilst it's in the air, you can get your traditional shots and then fly up and get a top-down shot and they can look like two completely different places. So, you know, the versatility of them is just fantastic. I mean, how did you find flying in, um, in Iceland? Because I was in Norway a couple of years back um, and I found that the magnetic interference messed around with the drone a little bit. Was it tend to be sort of okay in Iceland? Um, to be honest, my Mavic 2 Pro, everywhere I go, every time I turn it on, I need to do uh, calibration. It always has magnetic interference. Even if I just go like to the coast next to mine and then drive two hours to the Lake District, it's always <laughs> magnetic interference. So um, I just accept that every time I turn my drone on, I have to do a couple of circles and <laughs> with my drone just to get it calibrated. But um, I, I can't say what anyone, I don't think anyone else had to calibrate theirs, maybe a couple of times, but mine was definitely, there's, I don't know, there must be something weird going on where it needs to be calibrated all the time. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about the calibration. I don't think there's any dignified way of doing the calibration dances there. You just sort of have to, have to suck it up and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Every time I go out of like people that don't have drones and the seas go around in circles, they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's just quite funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sort of brings us nicely onto your last image, which is uh, St. Mary's. Um, I mean, it looks very, well, it looks amazing. Do you want to talk us through that one? Yeah. So that's um, kind of, it's only about 10 minutes away in the car, that one. Um, St. Mary's Lighthouse. Uh, it used to be, when I first started out, it used to be, my favorite place to go because like I say, it's only 10 minutes away. So I would just go there no matter if the sunrise looked good or if it looked rubbish. Um, and the island is about hundred or so meters offshore. So when the high tide's in, um, it looks quite cool like this with, you know, it just looks isolated. Um, so it's not really a, a long flight for your drone. And I just, 
I still haven't got the perfect conditions, but this is uh, near enough being perfect with the the tide, you know, washing over the, the rocks and stuff. Um, I really want a, a one with like a really wild sea with some decent waves, but then you get into the like the dangers of having to fly in like high winds and stuff. So it's a bit of a bit of a battle. Um, but I'm pretty happy with this one, how it came out. Um, I got a lot of comments on Instagram saying, why is the cars on the island? <laughs> Which is quite funny. Um, but obviously people don't understand that there's a causeway going on the island um, as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool little light, uh, lighthouse. Yeah, I mean, I was going to mention about that. I didn't know whether they had a causeway going up to it, but obviously now that you say that, it makes sense. sort of similar to St. Michael's Mount down in Cornwall. Yeah, pretty much similar, yeah. Um, the lighthouse is out of commission now, but you can go and uh, visit and go up to the, the top where the, the light used to be. Um, and there's still people in the, the cottages as well. And it's quite a... So the little rock at the back of the lighthouse, which is kind of secluded on the image, um, that's kind of a hotspot for seals as well. So you get during um, the early months and the late months, I think there's uh, seals breeding on there, which there will be at the minute. Um, so you can go around the back of the, the keeper's cottage and there's like a little uh, shelter where you can wash the seals from there. So it's, it's quite a cool little place to photograph on the, the you know, the land and the, and the air. Definitely. I'm going to assume this shot was a panorama because you've managed to get a really cool um, effect with the waves. It almost looks like they're curving um, in the bottom right hand of the picture. Um, was this sort of like a, a another sort of stitched together panorama? Yeah, this was a, a three shot panel, and actually, I didn't. Now that you've pointed it out, I, I can see it, but I didn't. I didn't even notice that when I was editing it. Yeah, but yeah, it's a three shot panel. Um, this was a manual panel because I. Because I don't know why, but the when you do a, a auto panel, like the, the crop's like twenty one by nine, so sometimes it's not wide enough. So um, I find it sometimes I find myself doing a, a manual three shot panel just to get that little bit extra width on the on the image. Yeah, I mean, doing that's obviously created a really nice gradient in the water. So you've got like really dark and moody at the bottom, and then obviously goes up to to really bright where the the sun's sort of hitting the horizon. Yeah, uh, and this was. Uh, this was a sunset image, so the sun's coming from like the bottom left. Um, so yeah, there was a quite like there was a nice clear sky as well. So that kind of helped, like you say, add the gradient and the lower lower sun kind of brought the the mood in at the bottom. Cool. So do you want to just sort of run us through what kind of kit you take with you when you go out to do shots? Like you know, you can talk about your drone and and you know, if you take a DSLR as well, then obviously because that all sort of contributes to your style, I guess. Yeah, so my main drone is the DJI Mavic 2 Pro. Um, I've had that since pretty much it first came out. Uh, and I had the DJI Mavic Pro before that as well. Um, so I'd say I've been fl flying about, I guess, four years now, I think. Um, and I've got, I think I've got about 600 hours or something like that in me, uh, in the in the DJI Ma uh, app. Um, and... I don't tend to use filters unless it's really bright and sunny uh, and I have to. Um, I always intend on taking them out with this, but I always forget them. And I've just got a Polar Pro circular polarizer and um, the ND filters, ND4, 16 and 32. Uh, never really used the 32. I've never had any problems with that to, you know, use that much, reduce the exposure that much. Um and I have three batteries as well, so 
you know that could give us technically up to like an hour of constant flying um which is, is sometimes needed sometimes when you're not like when you haven't got a specific shot in mind and you just want to go out and fly and capture cool videos and, and photos and sometimes you need those extra batteries um other than that nothing really much else to the drone kit um and then the main camera system is all a sony uh, so it's based on the sony a7 III. And then I've got sort of like, you know, like 7200, uh, 85, 50, 35, 16 to 35, and the 24. And I'm hoping this year I can get the 100 to 400 as well, which will add a bit more reach to me, me images as well. Uh, yeah, that's about it. And then I've obviously got like a few, I've got tripods and stuff like that, a like peak design tripod, which is pretty good. I never really used to lump a tripod around. Um, in the early days I did, but I, I kind of got sick of them. So. I've invested in it in the peak design one this year, which uh, last year, which was, you know, it can go down like 0.7 kilograms, which is super light. So there's no excuse to not take it now. Um, and yeah, that's about it. But in terms of like photography kit. So when you go out shooting, how do you choose between whether you're going to go drone, drone, droning, I suppose you could call it, or with your DSLR, or do you tend to take sort of both with you and just depend on the situation? Yeah, um, I tend to take both with us. Um, I'm kind of a kind of one of these people that ends up taking everything they've got <laughs> with them, and then not using half of it. Um, and it's it's always that. But like, if it's nice and moody, then you can kind of like slow down and take your time and get your shots on your camera as well as your drone. Um, but sometimes when it's uh, like really sunny, then you kind of really you've got to like kind of sacrifice one or the other or like sometimes I go out with my girlfriend as well. So she's she's also taking pictures. So sometimes if she's going to take pictures, then I'll throw the drone in the air and, and spend a bit more time on, you know, getting it right. Um, like I say, it's always like a battle of what, what is the best shot and what's going to look good. Yeah. Sorry, the, the dog's uh, crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it, as we've said, is sort of trial and error and it's just up to, up to the, the conditions. I mean... You mentioned you take everything with you. I think that is important. And I think the one time that you don't take something with you will be the one time you need it. So I'm always very, very much under the take as much as you can carry with you because you don't want to miss out on an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you, you know that it's going to be a drone shot or it's going to be a camera shot. So you can kind of like go one or the other. Uh, there's the dog. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you know, kind of go one or the other. So it's, but sometimes I just go out, just like I know that the spot's only going to be a drone shot. So um, I just go out and do that. Yeah. So when you sort of shoot over here in in the UK, I mean, do you tend to sort of plan your shots ahead of time, or is it a case of right? Well, I know there's going to be like good conditions. I'll just go to this spot and have a fly around, or is it, you know? Yeah, um, I've got like quite a few maps that I've made now. Um, which I've got like the spots on that I want to hit. And when I go on a trip, uh, like not, not necessarily Iceland, because I've every time I've been to Iceland, it's always been just someone else has planned it and I've, I've just went along. But particularly like the Faroe Islands, I've like planned out every spot and I've you know, researched it to death to understand whether it's going to be, the best shot's going to be a camera shot or a drone shot. Um, so I guess I spend a lot of time on Google Maps or Instagram and, um, just trying to see what what would look best, and sometimes if it's if it's a new place that I've never been to, 
Um, I'm always in two minds whether to research or whether just go with, you know, fresh eyes and just see what takes my fancy and uh, I might get something different to what other people have got. Because um, I think sometimes when you when you look on Instagram and all these other things and you see that that's the shot, then you tend to just go and take that shot and sometimes you don't explore further and see what else there can be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously you've mentioned that you've been flying for sort of around four years now. How did you first get into photography and how did that lead into sort of picking up a drone for the first time? Yeah, so um, as I say, with, you know, places like St. Mary's right next to the, do- the door, um, I'd, I'd, I'd never always, like been interested in photography. I'd always had like, you know, my iPhone, which was taking pictures of my cars and stuff like that. Um, and then I guess I kind of just wanted uh, better, you know, image quality out of me pictures. So I invested in a, a little DSLR, which I've, I've still got at the minute. Um, it's me Canon 100D. Um, and I, I just take that out if, I, if I'm not planning on like wanting to capture anything exciting or, you know, just, just capturing moments. Um, and that, I had that camera for about two years and that served us quite well taking uh, seascapes. I became quite obsessed with seascapes and going out every morning, capturing something, whether there was a, you know, a banging sun, uh, sunrise or not, I, I still went out. Um, and then I kind of sort of got interested in more like mountains and it started doing a bit more hiking. Um, and that's where I met most of the, you know, the guys and girls that I hang around with on Instagram through going to like various meets, uh, Instagram meets, which is a bit sad that they don't happen anymore because they were quite cool meeting new people. Um, and you got to like hang out and talk about photography and uh, and going on trips with people as well. That's kind of probably where I learned a bit more about how how to take a picture and, you know, going with people that are better than you um, in terms of like photography skills is quite cool because you get to understand, you know, different photos that you may not have seen and why are they taking photos over there when you're still 10 minutes taking photos over this bit. Um, and then I guess I kind of delved into weddings as well. So I've been doing weddings for a couple of years now on the side, on the side of actually having a 95 as well. So um, everything that goes on, you know, in my photography stuff is always after work, uh, which can be quite you know, soldiering and at the end of the week when you've you've done all your, you know, your 95 and then you've still got to plan Instagram stuff and answer clients and take, you know, go on client um, shoots and stuff like that. So, but I enjoy it. So I'm not really complaining. Is your end goal to sort of leave your nine to five behind and go into photography full time? Or are you planning to sort of just keep it as a, as a hobby and, and earn your money elsewhere? Um, I definitely want to make it a full-time thing and um, there's a few things that I've got to kind of work out before that you know behind the scenes like business kind of stuff um, and my plan was last year to you know get in a, get in a good few weddings but with uh, you know the dreaded word that <laughs> that didn't happen um, but at the minute I'm kind of like I'm kind of happy that I've got a nine-to-five and I can still have you know the enjoyment of the photography and make a bit of money with photography um, Last year kind of taught us that, you know, like having everything in one place isn't isn't necessarily a good idea. So I quite like the security that I've got at the minute of having a 95 job and then, you know, maybe make, making a, a few hundred quid every now and then on photography. But as you say, definitely the end goal is to make it a full-time thing. 
Have you managed to, obviously with your current situation, have you managed to pick up many paid clients whilst doing it as a side thing? Um, yeah. Um, last year was obviously a bit of a weird year, um, but I still managed to do a good handful of uh, client shoots um, and a couple of weddings. Um, so I'm hoping that this year with the vaccine, everything's going to be picking back up again and clients and brands are going to you know, want to you know, reopen the, the social aspect of uh, the marketing. And obviously with having your experiences in doing sort of adventure and lifestyle photography, is there any tips that you can offer for people that are just starting out and maybe want to get their foot in the door with commercial work and, and droning as a whole? Yeah, um, I guess sort of the photography, the camera side of things, um, you know, getting new clients, you kind of need a, a portfolio to start out with or, um, you know, a, a decent Instagram because I think it's kind of where clients kind of come to first to see what kind of photographer you are they get a quick idea of like your portfolio um but i'd say that probably the best way if, you, if you're trying to if you're starting out and you want to try and do a bit more commercial work is to try and build a portfolio that of work that you want to shoot um so let's say you want to take pictures of you know adventure kind of things then simply just go on adventures and go with cool people go with your friends um you know capture the moments that are happening as well as the the big hero shots um, you can build a, a nice portfolio that way. Um, or like, say, if you wanted to be an automotive photographer, if you've got people that have got nice cars, just ask them to, you know, if you can go out and take pictures of cars. Um, and, you know, try and try and avoid doing free work in terms of like receiving uh, a payment, uh, if you like, from the clients. Like, like I say, a free jacket or a pair of shoes because um, at the end of the day, they're, they're winning. And, you, you know, all you're getting is a pair of shoes. Um, and you know you've got to know your your true worth, and the, so the best way is to try and build that portfolio first before clients come to approach you, and then you'll have a better understanding of what they want, what you can deliver, and you probably understand a bit more that you know your time in taking photos and editing photos is is worth a lot more than just a, a free pair of shoes. Yeah, definitely, and I mean when people sort of start out with commercial work and that kind of thing, I can imagine it's quite difficult to know how much to charge and that kind of thing, because it's a, it's a very gray area that people don't always tend to talk about because it's, you know, people don't tend to like talking about money. So how do you, how sort of when you started out, how did you find it was best to price? Was it sort of per time or was it for X number of photos? If you don't mind going into that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, don't get me wrong. I did, I did free work at the start. I, I ended up, you know, taking pictures just for like a watch or, um, you know, like a bag as well. I've done pictures for bags, um, but it got to a certain point where I was like, look, I'm doing these pictures. It's taken us like say ten hours in total, and all I'm getting is, is you know, like I say, a free, free product. Um, so from there, I kind of. In the first couple of client things after that, I, I kind of just went with what money they were offering, and I didn't like challenge um, the the fee that they were that they were offering. Um, and then I kind of got to a point where I just thought, you know, this is what I'm getting paid at my current job per hour. Um, this is what I might want to get paid per hour taking photos. Um, and I, that's kind of how I started, you know, negotiating and kind of figuring out how long it might take to shoot a product image 
um, edit it, and then you know any little bits in between discussing things with clients. So I guess in the first instance, you know you've, you've got to understand how much you're willing to work for. Um, you could either do a day rate or um, an hourly rate, and uh, yeah, so it's pretty much the same as you know as you as any other job. You've got to understand how much time it's going to take before you can like say yes and and then because sometimes it might take a lot longer than you imagine and you all you've asked for is 200 pound and then you know it it might end up being five pound an hour at the end of the day so yeah just uh just kind of work out what you're comfortable with working for cool well thank you very much for taking time out of your day uh, to chat with us today um, it's been really great going through your pictures and obviously hearing your experience and, and those kind of things. Um, how can people find you on Instagram and any of the other socials? Yeah, uh, thanks for having us. It's been a, been a pleasure. Um, all my socials are Daryl S. Walker. Um, uh, I primarily post on Instagram, so that's me main you know, social uh, platform. Um, but I've also got Behance, uh, Twitter, and a Facebook page, and a YouTube, but I haven't really done much on youtube other than like little drone videos now and then so yeah that's how you can get us daryl s walker cool perfect well as i say thank you for being with us um and all the best for the future thanks for having us appreciate it cool perfect